Bible tonight. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter 27, page 1186. Page 1186, amen. Acts chapter 27, and when you've found your place, let's stand together. And we want to, you just, you just keep your place there because we're going to kind of go down through this entire chapter. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but we're going to kind of go through all of it because there's a truth I want you to see tonight in the passage. In Acts chapter 27, verse 1, And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners, and one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. I want you to make mention, make note of that. Paul here is a prisoner. He's a prisoner. Drop down, if you would, to verse number 9. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and with much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now drop down, if you would, to verse 21. Verse 21. And after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you just got to love this. You should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and have gained this harm and this loss. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that he shall be even as he was told to me, how be it, we must be cast upon a certain island. Drop down, if you would, to verse 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take me, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you've tarried and continued fasting. I have taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat. For this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall, a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to drop down to verse 42. And the soldier's counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which should, could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, and it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Amen. That is correctly reading this thought in mind. When God changes the status. Let's go to the throne of grace and ask God to help us. Aaron, how about you praying, buddy?
Amen. You be seated. There is a principle that runs the entire Word of God. And it is that God changes the status of things. The word status simply means the position of an individual in relation to another or others, especially into a certain standing. In the text, this would have been a very large wooden ship, if you will. There were three groups on the ship. There were the mariners or the ship's crew with their captain, if you will. There was the soldiers on the ship. And then there was the prisoners. I'm thankful for just a little verse here that's maybe even overlooked and perhaps not even given much relevance, but it is a tremendous little verse. And that is, and the next day we touched at Sidon and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. Literally, the prisoners were kept in the, in the bottom of the ship, if you will. Most of the time, they would be chained or even in cages, if you, if you will. So the Bible tells me that they had given Paul a certain amount of liberty to move around the ship, if you will. But I want you to see just a great principle here of how the story starts and how the story ends. This message was birthed in West Virginia. There's a family there that, when we were in a little white church, came there, she came, and God saved her. Then later on, God saved her husband. And uh, when Brother Ernie went to West Virginia, they, they all moved with him to help him start that church. And they were talking about moving back to North Carolina. West Virginia is a very uh, desolate area right now. Coal mines have shut down and practically no work. Even Walmart's not, not hiring and that's pretty bad. And so we find it's a very desolate area. And he said, we're thinking about coming back to North Carolina because we want to get back to the church that we one time had. I said, son, that church has changed. He said, what do you mean changed? I said, the status of that church has changed. Uh, I said, it's, it's no longer the little church in the white building. It's, it's moved. And matter of fact, I said, he said, well, why has it changed? I said, because you've changed, I've changed, our world has changed. And God moves the status of a church. A lot of times people miss that. They, anything growing has changed. You understand we're not the same people we were then. A whole lot of us were younger and some, a whole lot of us are getting older. Amen. And so the truth is, and hopefully we've gotten smarter or wiser, but the status continually changes. Anything that grows, the status changes. Trust me, a church that does not change, is dying. It's dying. And so we find, don't you see this principle in the Word of God? 
Now, to start out with, we see Paul, he's a prisoner. He had an average status. And he, he steps up, and you got to just picture this. Here's the soldiers, they're all on board. Here's all the ship's crew, the captain. And here's the prisoner, and he says, Hey, hey, can I have your attention? This ain't a good, this ain't a good thing to do, man. This, we shouldn't be taking this trip. This is not a good time. This, this is going to get us in trouble. And no doubt the, the crew and, and the soldiers are laying, who's this idiot? They didn't know him. I mean, they may have heard about him, but they didn't know him. They're saying, who's, oh, that's one of the prisoners. One of the prisoners, what's he is standing up there telling us? anything. He's a prisoner. And so quickly, they dismiss him, and they go with the master of the ship, and they say, tell him to shut up. We're going to do this. And so they go do their own thing. It's amazing how I see this all through the Bible. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 37, chapter 37, You'll find Joseph dreams a dream. We've talked about this many times. He tells his dreams. The Bible says in verse 5, when he told his brothers, they hated him the more. Notice in verse number 8, he dreams again. And I want you to know, he tells my, and in that same chapter 8, 9, and 10, he's telling his mom and daddy, and they say, Are we going to bow too? Finally, finally, they throw him in a pit. Verse 28, he sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites and for 20 pieces of silver. They take him to Egypt and he sold to Potiphar and pretty soon, Miss Potiphar uh, falsely accuses him and he's a prisoner. Man, his status. But isn't it amazing Before it's over with, before it's over, in verse 40, Pharaoh says, and I I didn't go through the whole story, read it for yourself, but in verse 40, Pharaoh gets his dream told to him, and Pharaoh says, I'm going to make you second in command to the most powerful nation in the world. But notice where he started. He started as a prisoner. But God changed the status. Isn't it amazing? I see that in the life of David. In 1 Samuel 16, you'll find that David, Saul is sinned, and God says, listen, Samuel, shut, quit your crying, and take some horn of oil, and Go to Jesse's house. I'm going to anoint me a new king. So he goes to Jesse's house. And Jesse lines up all the boys. And I want you to know, and he said, he looked on Elab. He's the oldest. He's big old tall strapping young man. And Samuel said, man, he's got to be the one. And God says, nope, that's not him. And then he said, okay, well, if Elam's not going to get it, what about Abinadab? 
or Shammai, but about one of them. No. And so he lines them all up, and God says, no, 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 no. Jesse, got any more kids? He said, yeah, got one more. He's down there tending sheep. And, and, uh, and Samuel says, well, go get him, because we're not going to sit down until he comes. So he goes and gets him. And he anoints him with oil. And all the boys around there don't know what's going on other than Samuel's pouring oil on his head. Do you know why? Because God was fixing to change his status. God is moving his position. God's changing his status. In the story of Esther... I love the story of Esther. A little orphan girl. A little Jewish orphan girl that's been took care of by Uncle Mordecai. She gets one, she prepares one year for one night with the king. But God so moved the king, that she immediately got his heart and become one of the most powerful people in the Persian Empire. Literally, she saved a nation. Mordecai said this, If thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there be enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and our father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What I want you to get here is this. God changed the status. It is absolutely amazing how he did that. And in the text we find Paul is, he's what? What did he start out being? He's a prisoner. Some of you didn't wake up. He's what? What? Okay, he's a prisoner. He starts out with a prisoner. But notice what God used to change his status. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. The word tempestuous there is our English word Typhoon. And the word Eurachlodon means what we get the word northeastern. Notice what God used to change the status. God used a storm. God brought a storm into this ship and on this waters. Can I help some of you tonight? Not all the storms God brings into our life are bad. They seem bad. They seem to be trying. They seem to be challenging. They seem to bring tears. But the truth is, it might be God wants to change your status. It may be God wants to move you into a whole different realm. You'll find He moved him. Now, now God allowed some things with this storm don't miss this in the story. Number one, 
He brought a failure of human ability. First day, Bible says they wrapped some helps or chains around that wooden chip to keep it up from falling apart. Second day, they started throwing wheat and stuff overboard. Third day, they started throwing the furniture overboard. You know why? Because they're trying to do all they can to keep the ship. Have you ever been to a place when verse number 20, the Bible says, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I'm not here to discourage you. I'm not here to discourage you whatsoever. But I want you to know God can bring a storm toward your human ability. There's no hope no more in your human ability. He's wanting to change your status. So He brings a failure to human ability. Their failure brought a fear. Then fearing lest we should be Falling upon rocks, they cast four anchors of the stern and wished for the day. Middle of the night, the storm's raging. They, they, they've sounded the bottom and they know it's pretty close. So they throw the anchors out and they wish for the day. What a storm. Not only that, but in the midst of this, now I need you to really hear me now. Because don't miss this. In the midst of a storm, a whole lot of people forsake the place of God's will. I need you to really listen to me. There's nothing greater in life. Are you listening? Are you listening? There's nothing greater in life than being in the will of God. When you step outside the will of God, when you step outside of that will, then I want you to know something. You put yourself in one dangerous place. The Bible says he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you watch any kind of animal shows, You'll find lions will find a pack of antelope or whatever they're, they're, they're chasing. They never attack the pack. No, no, no. They wait for that one starts drifting off from the rest of the crowd. They wait for that one that's lingering behind when the rest of the crowds are moving forward. They, they look for that one that singles themselves out and says... I, I believe we, I believe we know more about the will of God than anybody else. We're going to step over here. We're going to do our own thing. That's the one the line gets. Because you've individual, you've isolated yourself and you've outside the will of God. Tonight, the greatest place. Because listen, what happened? Not only that there was a failure of human ability. Not only this failure brought fear, but let me say, this, this failure brought a forsaken. And as a shipman, now listen, this ain't the soldiers. This is not the prisoners. This is the dude driving the ship. 
This is the one that's like going down the car in a car and the driver jumping out. That ain't good. That ain't good. I tell Darlene all the time. She's always a jumping in my driving. I said, listen, you, you jump out of the car, you're gonna get hurt. Now, as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they let down the boat into the sea, under color as though they would have cast anchors out into the fourth ship. That bunch of shipmen, they said, bless God, we're going to jump ship. We're going to get some little boats and we're going to do it ourselves. I'm going to tell you something. Say this place you meet is in the middle of God's will in the ship. Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. I want you to listen. Down through the years, I've watched too many. I've watched too many. And I've caught too many tears of those that stepped outside of the will of God. I want you to look at me, listen to me now. Now, I know this is going to hair lip some of you, but it'll be okay if you get it. God has never moved anybody for a dollar bill. Let me tell you why. What runs this economy? Talk to me. Talk to me. Wake up. Wake up. Talk to me. What? Okay. What runs God's economy? Faith. And when we move to money, we're saying we don't need faith. And the problem with faith is this. You can't see it. We can see this. We can hold this. I need to wake some of you up, so wake up. He wakes up everybody, every sleeping people wake up when I get out money. You think you're going to get it, you're not. You know why? We can feel it, we can touch it, we can hold it. Faith is just simply believing God's Word. It's not, it's not, it's, you can't see it. Oh, you can see the results of it, but you can't see faith. It's just believing God. So God now, He's a prisoner. He's a prisoner. But now God brings a storm. But now He's about to change the status. Now the prisoner has got a platform. After long absence... Hey, 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 fellas! That's that prisoner. That's that dude that told us we ought not be selling. That's that dude. That's that crazy preacher that told me I'd better not leave the church. That's that crazy. That's that crazy preacher that said you ought not be selling. Now, he said, "Hey, hey, sirs!" After the storm, they're listening. They done shoved him away before, but they're listening now. They're, they're, yes, sir. What you got to say? God said, "Fear not." God says, fear not. I love this. He told them four things. Number one, he shared the word of God for them. I love that. 
He said, I want you to know, he said, after long absence, God stood, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should not have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and this loss. Okay, we figured that now. We're in the middle of a storm. All hope is gone. The ships are falling apart. What are we going to do? And I exhort you to be of good cheer. Praise God. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Let me say this. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I am served. I love this. Said, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. Now listen to me. Don't you miss this? Here's why these people are being saved. God's will is for Paul to come before Caesar. And don't you miss this. The only reason these men's lives, and lo, God had given thee all them that sail with thee. His platform has changed. Now he's not the prisoner. Now he's got a platform and says, God told me I'm going to stand before Caesar. Now, they're in the middle of the storm. The wind's blowing. The ship's tossed. They throw the anchors out. They're just waiting on the day. They've done give up all hope. Nobody's got any hope. And Paul stands up and says, Don't you worry, fellas. Not a one of you going to die. I'll tell you this much. Ship's going to be destroyed. Ship's going under. Ship's going under. But don't you worry. You're not going to lose your life. I love this. The storm took the hope, but the Savior gave the hope. I love that. Storm takes the hope. Storm in your life may have taken your hope from you. I've had a few in my life that just, the storm has taken, and, and I've looked at it and said, you know, I just don't know if there's any hope for this at all. But you know what? The Savior gives a hope. Amen? He gives a hope. And He does it every time. Not only that, he sounded a warning. Don't miss this. He said, I'll tell you this much. He said, you better tell them sellers over there. Now, how did Paul know that? I love, don't miss this. He's God's man. That's how he knows that. I don't know how. I, I, I'm amazed. I've had people in this church come up to me after service and say, Preacher, have you got my house bugged? Why, yes, I've been to everybody's house and bugged it. It's called the Holy Ghost of God. I don't know what's going on in your house, but God knows. He knows. There ain't no secrets there. And he come and he said, You better tell them shipmen that they flee. They're going to die. I love this. Guess what the soldiers did? Soldiers went over there and cut the ropes to the ships. Soldiers said, You ain't leaving us on here by ourselves. So all of a sudden, he issued a warning. Number three, he served while he waited. I, I want every, every, every person, and especially every leader of this church, when you're in the middle of a storm, if you'll do this, it'll help you. While the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take me, saying, this day is the fourteenth day that you've tarried and continued fasting. have taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat. For this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. 
And when he had thus spoken, he gave orders. He said, okay, you, you, you. Oh, no, 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 no. He took bread and gave thanks in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. You know what he done? He took bread. He started, he said, let's get some bread. He started serving the people. I want you to listen to me. In the middle of your storm, if you'll serve, it'll help you. In the middle of your storm, if you'll find somebody to serve. In the middle of your storm, I can get any, I can get any person in this church, if you're discouraged, and get you out of it. Here's what you do. In the morning, you get up, you get in your car, you go over here to Camelot, you walk in, you, you, you fix up a, a pan of cookies, walk in and say, listen, I've got some cookies. Which one of the residents can have them? And you just go down through the hallways, and what you're going to find out, if you would, if you'll serve, you'll be better when you was before you got there. There's something about serving. As a matter of fact, let me just let me just throw this out. The day, the day, me as a pastor, Brother Ronnie's a associate. Matthew, as a bus worker and, and an intern at the moment, you that are deacons, Brother Dwayne, Brother Joey, Jason. Where's Jason? Is he hiding? Oh, okay. He prayed for him. But well, by God, he's backslid as sure as the world. Anyway, amen. Since you ain't here, we'll talk bad about him. The moment, the moment any of you, hey, the moment any of you stop serving you're done. You're done. Our number one thing, those of you that teach a class, the moment you stop serving, you're done. He saved, not only that, but he saved the wrong. Notice in the soldiers, these soldiers took counsel. They're going to kill the prisoners. But guess what? One of the centurion, old Julius, said, no, 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 for Paul's sake. He said, just tell them to jump overboard. They swim, swim. If they can get on boards, if they can float in, just get them to shore. And Paul, because of Paul's sake, they all got to shore. He saved even the wrong. So the prisoner, status changed. He got a platform. And then... They all get to shore. It's amazing. Chapter 28. They were there for three months. Guess what Paul did while he's there? He preached. You know why? Because that's what he did all the time. No matter where he was at, if he's in a prison, he preached. If he's on, a, if he's on an island, he preached. If he's before Caesar, he preached. Not only the prisoner got a platform, now he's the preacher. And the Bible and, and I, and, but don't miss this. Even as a preacher, guess what he's still doing? He's serving. 28 verse 3, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, they came out of a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. There's Baptist everywhere. Amen. Some of you didn't get that, did you? Some of you won't get that till you get home. Let me read it again. Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. One day, on a rainy day, a man accompanied by two women arrived in Northfield hoping to enroll their daughter into D.L. Moody's school for young women. Three need help getting their luggage. 
from the railway depot to the hotels. So the visitor drafted a rather common-looking man with a horse and a wagon, assuming he was a local cabbie. The cabbie said he was waiting for students, but the visitor ordered him to take them to the hotel. And the man did, and gladly. They were surprised and shocked. He wouldn't take any money, only to find out later it was D.L. Moody that was driving the horse in the, in the carriage. Paul served. He's preacher now, but Paul served. He's still serving. He's gathering sticks with everybody else. Isn't it amazing? Notice Paul's status. I love this. His, even here, his status has changed. In verse 6, when that viper run, come out, and, and it was a snake, and, and, and he bit on to him, all those people there said, He's a criminal! He's going to die! So they waited. <laughs> And after a while, Paul shook it off in the, in the hand. By the way, this is just extra. You know what? You'll go a long ways if you can just shake some things off. Are you listening? Just shake some things off. Just shake them off. Shake them off in the fire. And they waited. And when they seen he wasn't going to die, guess what they done? They made him a god. He went from criminal to God in a matter of a few minutes. My, you talking about status change. Isn't that amazing? Then last of all, Paul spoke up. Paul dwelt two whole years in, their, in his own heart. Uh, on his own hired house, he received all that came unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no man forbidding him. I want you to know something tonight. Solid Baptist Church, as our church moves forward, status changes. And God's a master at changing that. Now, sometimes He uses a storm. How many of you like a storm? How many of you don't like storms? Amen. I don't like storms. I don't... By the way, this wasn't just an ordinary storm. This was a typhoon. I mean, this was this was this was a hurricane in an ocean. And this storm, however, God used the storm to change the status of this man of God. Sometimes God wants to change the status, and God takes storms to do those things. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed.